feels perfect Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our hearts to the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life
but I'm looking forward to this topic. I'm I'm, I'm grateful to be back on. Um, it's been it's been a good three weeks. She's actually three years old today. Um, but it's been a great. It's been a uh, three weeks. Did you hear you said three years old? Oh, this, oh, Tamari just said three years old. She's three weeks old today. I'm sorry. I meant to say three weeks. I'm sorry. I'm trying to rush her through life. Good Lord. Look at this. At this point, look. <laughs> I'll be happy when she hits three and can tell me what's going on with her. Uh, but she's three weeks old. She's three weeks old today. Uh, but she's good. Tamari is good. So happy to be back on with you, Tammy. That's cool. You've been missed for sure. You've been missed. So we're glad you're back. And you'll have to uh, – I did share that you and I had talked about we, got, we have to do a show on um, – just the whole process of going through it all because it is I can I can, I can only imagine you know how fast forward because it's been so long for me but um we're gonna have to have a show on it so I mentioned our brief conversation about you saying you don't know how anybody can you know go through this alone and and even should have to but you know life happens so we are gonna have to mm-hmm. schedule something that we talk about it I went to um. Brandon's and Stella's uh, baby shower. Her 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 parents gave her a shower on Saturday, and um, just looking at all the all the stuff, you know that 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 uh, I don't know that babies get today from from the start. And I was reminded of uh, a commercial. It's an insurance commercial, and it might have been like an Allstate or something like that. I'm not sure where the the baby is getting like new shoes and the insurance person, the insurance guy, I guess, says something like, she can't even walk yet. She should be getting an insurance policy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just something that like, yeah, so we'll, we'll have to hear more about all of that, but we are glad that you're back. Um, just to remind everybody, I was trying to for some reason, can't get my link to post, but I was trying to just put on Facebook that we were live, but I couldn't get the link to go through. Um, but just for those who are on with us, the chat line is open, and we are available. Um, if you want to call in, we know that some listen through Facebook, you know, any other social media, uh, you can call in 818-691-7406 if you have something that you want to share tonight. Basically, this is part two of if you were able to listen with us last week. And if you weren't, please go back and listen to the uh, archive. But such a timely um, topic because we're right now we're approaching the holidays, and I think people get tend to get more, um, I guess, kind of in their own in their own stuff, so to speak, because there's so many so, mm-hmm. so many expectations. For the holidays, you kind of maybe from being lonely or, you know, not able to keep up with the fast pace of the world with the Christmas buying and, and all these things. So just just another great time to have this topic. I do want to speak briefly about the young lady that was supposed to be on with me last week, and I'll do that just before we get started. But the call-in number again for you guys out there is 818-691-7406. Please share with us tonight, um, I don't just anything. You know, somebody may be going through it, um, know someone who's going through it or have gone through it. I know this show moved me. I used to volunteer for the crisis center here, 
And you know, I I I don't know. It was such a it was a it was a great time, but also a very challenging time because you really have to be mentally ready yourself to deal with so many calls. Um, and I I mostly did it at night because that was when I had my the most of my free time. But I would do the overnight shift, and I and I did look into maybe thinking about doing that again because I just remember even even this one young girl in particular, I never forgot her phone call. And so um, I want to make sure that I give out their number tonight because I did not last week, but that's another thing. You know, wherever you are in your area, um, for those of who are listening, you know, know those numbers because sometimes it's difficult for people that we know to share with us what they're really going through. And um, I think that's one of the biggest obstacles, Rodney, is just getting people to open up and talk about it because I think they feel, for one, so isolated. And then mental health has such a stigma on it, as as many things. We're such a people, people of judgment in the wrong way. Um, so just being able to talk. So if you, wherever you are, learn the number, keep it in your pocket, you know, making sure that anyone who's going through that you come across because, again, it's difficult to share right there face-to-face, um, but there's there's numbers and people available, such as the Crisis Center here in Memphis. Last week we gave out the okay to talk, um, which, is, which is really for young people, youth and young adults. Um, some great, great um, information on there. There's some, some heartfelt things as well from young people who are writing uh, their stories, they're they're sending and, and calling out for help. So there's many many ways and many people out there. We just have to be open to uh, seeking that help, and and we understand that that's very difficult to do, especially in today's time. So, Rodney, anything you want to share? I'm gonna try again to try to post this out here on Facebook. But for some reason, the blog talk link I cannot copy it. But anything you want to share before we get going? Um, no, um, I, I, if it's not too soon, I do want to jump in to, uh, or, or pick up where you just left off, um, without, without getting too far uh, ahead of, uh, of the show. But, um, I think it's important to, to remember as adults, whether you're a parent, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a child care provider, aunt, uncle, um, family, friend, we have to remember that as adults, um, kids are not puppets. They are not toys. They are human beings. They are real live people. And because they are real live people, they have real feelings. And oftentimes we want to dismiss what children are saying because they are children. And that's very dangerous because, again, they are real people. We get caught up in, especially when they're small, um, we get caught up in uh, the joy of a newborn baby. We get caught up in those younger years, and we want to buy them everything that we can think of. We want to take as many pictures um, as possible. We want to do so many things with them 
except spend quality time and listen to them. And so when kids want to express themselves, they're shamed for doing so, are made to feel like their feelings don't matter. They're made to feel like their opinions don't matter. And so they crawl into the shell and they bottle up all of that stuff. And then we have situations like the one that Tamaria sent to us with the little girl hung herself. We have kids dealing with depression, kids dealing with suicide, because we focus on the things that people can see. We don't deal with what's going on inside of these inside of these children. Because, again, we don't treat them as if they are human beings. We treat them as if they are less than. We treat them as if they're less than human beings, as as if they're less than people. And think about the the kids who have been molested or sexually abused, and we wonder why they don't speak out. Well, how many times have people said that they tried to speak out? but no one listened or they couldn't talk to mom because mom was the one who was making it okay for dad or stepdad or boyfriend or uncle to do these things. And so when kids want to talk, they feel like they have no one to talk to. I went to a, um, and I'm going to turn it back over to you, Tammy. I went to a um, conference Um, last Friday, and they showed a, uh, the presenter, one of the presenters showed a video of Dwayne Wade, but before she showed the video, she said, think about the missed opportunities in this video. And so as we watched the video, one of the things that came out was, and it was about how Dwayne Wade grew up on the south side of Chicago, and he loved to play basketball, always looked at that as his way out. Well, the problem was he wasn't that strong academically. And so he took the times and failed. And his last chance, he remembered getting called down to the office And he said it was just such a long walk because in his mind, he's thinking if he doesn't get to play basketball, he has nothing else. And so he walked down and they told him that he did not pass the test. And he said, as he walked back, he just thoughts just running through his mind. What was going to happen to him? What what was he going to do? Because he saw no other way out. And the only person that he could reach out to, the only person who was there for him was his college coach um, at Marquette University. And we all noticed that all of the adults in that building, he didn't feel like he had a connection with any of them. He could not go and talk to any adult in that building. There was no guidance. And luckily, the coach of Marquette said, "You can. Uh, we still want you to come. You won't be able to play your first year, but we're going to help you. 
and he ended up going and playing, and, you know, the rest is history. But here's a young man who had no guidance, had no guidance, and lived in a bad part of the of the United States, lived in a, in a rough area in Chicago, and the only thing he could see was basketball. But there was nowhere for him to turn when he was faced with, what am I going to do now? And I think that as adults, we have to make sure that we are there for our own children, children in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our schools, wherever you can find them. Because it it is real what these kids are dealing with. Tell me back over to you. You know, Rodney, I think great, great place to start. Um, I was thinking today, you know, we all hit rough patches, and I was reading one of the, one of the articles that I was looking over, um, some of the things that it listed as signs for uh, mental illness started to sound like um, maybe they could be some rough patches, just, you know, every now and then you, you come to a point where life gets a little rough. And so in thinking of that, um, and not, not to, to, to downplay mental illness, but I say that because of kind of where you started with how we start out with our kids. You know, we, we get caught up in the pictures and, and this and that and the buying. And, you know, we've talked about the, you know, the parties at age one that cost more than a, a monthly mortgage. Um, and and who who is that really for? So we kind of set kids, I feel, my opinion is that we set kids up, we can potentially set kids up for um, mental illness by thinking or, or, or allowing them to think that life is trouble-free, that there are no rough patches. And so when they get to that cross point, get to a place where things get to be difficult, you know, the bullying, um, which there should there should never be bullying. But as many kids that we've as, as many kids that we've we've lost um, to suicide or or you know just even the the depression without the suicide, you would think that kids would get it and they would stop doing it. But it still happens every day. So we have to prepare. And I don't think it's going to stop. Like I think if it were going to if it were if it were going to be stopped. It would by now because we keep hearing those stories, and just as many as we hear, I think it's probably 50% more that we don't hear, and I'm being generous there, that we don't hear about. Um, So I don't feel that it will stop. A couple of reasons. We're not taking time to, to educate our own children, and we're not disciplining them enough to say, you don't do this unacceptable. You don't bully and and this is why and if you do here are the consequences. And then when you get to schools, not all of them, people are not listening. They are not, like you said, we're not connected enough. We're not having those conversations with our children. We're not engaged. We don't, we're not, maybe not even home to see them when they come home from school at 7, 8, 9, 10, whatever, to notice if there is a difference. 
you know, to see the, their facial expressions. How did? How were they last week? How are they this week? And then when we get home, you know, if they've gotten there first, when we get there, you know, maybe we're not engaged then. People are locked up. They're on Facebook. They're on Twitter. We're so disconnected. So I can see where this this mental illness, this depression grows even the more because not only are the adults feeling disconnected, but our children are starting to feel disconnected. And no matter what, life, you know, life was what it was growing up, but I remember someone always being around, always, an adult always being around when, you know, those years, those early years of growing up. So I can't imagine what it would be like at that early age to just kind of be or to feel so alone. Because sometimes we have to realize, too, that it's a feeling, and maybe there is someone, um, may not be the one for our young people listening and, and older people, too. Sometimes we get so caught up in what we don't have until we miss what we do have or we miss that person who reaches out to us. Maybe it's not who we want it to be, but we have to start looking looking and accepting and just feeling blessed for what we do have, for that person that does um, reach out to us. Because I, I really do feel like there's always somebody, and it's sometimes somebody that we've missed and we've over overlooked. So I think that's a great, great place to start. So for our young people, if there's not someone there, if if the parent, parents, the adults in your life is not there, then your life is worth you saying, I need to talk to you. And if you can't talk to them, find out. Google. You know, we Google so much. Google. Hotlines for teens. Hotline for young adults who, who are dealing with mental illness. And that person's on the other line. And sometimes just having that great conversation or getting it out can be the difference for that day, for that moment, for that night, whatever it is. We also have to stop trying to fix it all in one day. Fix it all right now. Because if if, if, if anybody gets to that point where um, you feel like, it's unbearable, or you feel like it's better if you're not here, give it 24 hours. Give it 24 hours. At least you're worth that. And I say give it a lifetime because your life is not yours to take. But I always, I just feel like if we would just for a moment, don't give in to those, those feelings that it will be different in the morning. That there's somebody there reaching out for you. So, um, a couple of things I want to give out the number. Okay to talk in, in case people have to get off early. Okay to talk dot com is one of the sites that we gave out last week. The number for that particular hotline is one eight hundred two seven three talk. So again, this is you know nationwide. So. People write that number down because you never know. OkTotalk.com is the web address, 1-800-273-TALK. And it's O, the letter O, the letter K, the number 2, and then talk.com. For my local area, there's Memphis Crisis Center. 
And the number for that is 901-274-7477. And before I turn it back over to you, Rodney, some things that I wanted to um, get out about getting through it. Of course, we've talked about one of them, discussing what you're going through. Have somebody to talk to. And if you don't or if you feel you can't, the next best thing is journaling. That's, you can always tell your journal, your thoughts, your woes, and it helps me. Like, I, 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 I want to get out that no matter, regardless of, I'll say, of coming, doing this show every Tuesday, um, pursuing transformation, pursuing to grow beyond Tammy, in spite of all of that, I have my days. Like, and I have them probably more than people ever can imagine. And they used to be terrible days, terrible. But the more I grow, the more I move, the more I say, this too shall pass, tomorrow will be better, tonight will be better. You know, you just have to, you just have to do, what, do what you need. So if you need to say, tonight will be better, then say that. If you need to say, tomorrow you know, if you can stretch it out that far, do that. But get you a journal. Get you your favorite pen. Sit down with, with something that you love, and you write your thoughts. You talk to that paper. I'm so serious. It works. Um, and something that I think we don't realize, Rodney, a lot of times is we take our issues and we we think that they're mainly about us that they that they're isolated that it's just us it's just us and it's not and like i started out earlier sometimes we just hit rough patches and and one of the main things for our young people to keep in mind that life is not peaches and cream every day and i know that our i feel that our system is failing our children rodney i went to and i'll turn it back over to you um, I went to eat lunch with Miss Brooklyn, my goddaughter, and bitter, kind of bittersweet. Um, enjoyed her, but it was it, it was troublesome because Brooklyn's third grade, and most of the people who know me have have met Brooklyn and 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 know her, and she's a different child. She really is. She's just a different kind of child, and I. I was sitting there in her in the cafeteria waiting for her, and she walks in and she sees me and it and it took her by surprise because I haven't I haven't seen her in a while. I talked to her but I haven't seen her, and she started to cry, to the point where the teachers came over and were like Brooklyn, what's wrong? And she was like, I just missed her so much. I'm so glad she's back in my life, and that made me feel bad because I've I've let so much time go from seeing her. But even that in itself shows you how much um, kids, third grade, third grade, she's able, able to determine that she that she wants somebody in her life. Not that she doesn't have anybody in her life, but people that, when a child gets a hold of someone that they they like, and, and I'm not easy on Brooklyn. I'm, I'm probably harder on her than anybody in her life. Like, I really am. I, I When you get up from the table, put your go back and put your plate up. But in spite of all that, she, she loves being here. And you would think just the opposite. 
And so I think kids come with what they have, realizing that this life is not not easy, but we we make them think that there's an easy button. And then when all these things begin to happen, the bullying, uh, mom and dad divorcing, um, dad or mom not being there like, you know, they I think they should be, the comparison that they have to go through because it's there. Like there's so much going on nowadays than ever before. So um, back over to you, Rodney, and then I'll finish up on some of the other things that um, I think I gave three, the discussing, having somebody to talk to, journal, and know that it's not an isolated thing, that nothing you go through ever, you're not ever, you're not the only one that's been through it. Back over to you, Rodney. Tammy, I'm glad that you went there because I think that uh, a huge part of what we are seeing in our children now is an identity crisis. I think that we have become, as adults, we have become so caught up in, in the cares of this world that we are forgetting um, what, our, what our, our, our friend Dale used to try to promote on his show, and that's morals, values, and ethics. We don't give our kids the necessary tools to to navigate throughout life. We don't teach them how to resolve conflict. We don't how we don't teach them how to deal with adversity. We don't teach them, like you said, that they're that they're gonna be challenges in life, that they're gonna be problems. We don't teach them how to problem solve. We don't teach them how to be critical thinkers. And so when issues come up, they expect someone to take care of it for them or they expect for it to automatically go away. And when it doesn't, they have a breakdown. And we we, we have to get back to the way things were before technology took over our society. We have to get back to family time. We have to turn the phones off and turn the TVs off and just spend time with each other. We have to teach kids to explore. We have to teach kids how to think for themselves because we're not doing that anymore. We're not giving them what they need in order to survive. And the the world we live in now is just as cruel or even more cruel than it once was. And I don't I don't think that it's it's that different when it comes to bullying because I remember I mean nothing but teasing when I grew up. It it seemed like that was just the norm. The only difference was there were no rules to protect you back then. It was you either figured it out or you dealt with it. It was, you know, no no one was going to protect you from the big bad bully. I remember um, uh, my stepmother telling us when my when my stepbrother was was in elementary school, he came home crying every day because this 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 bully was beating him up every day. This boy beat him up every day. 
only thing my stepmom told him was, when you get tired, you're going to do something about it. And he went every day. And then finally, he got tired of that bully, and he beat the crap out of her. And my and my stepmom said, I told you. And he never had issues out of that boy ever again. But here's the thing. We put a lot of emphasis on feeling sorry for people and really pushing this, hey, you're a victim. And I know even in school, even in school, don't really understand what a bully is or what the term bullying means. And so every time something happens, we get phone calls from parents. My kid is being bullied. And then we have to explain to them, here is the Fairfax County definition of bullying. And then, you know, they get upset when it comes back unfounded because if they want us to investigate, you know, if they want to push the issue, we have to investigate. But we try to explain to them, it's going to come back that your child wasn't being bullied because in order for it to be considered bullying, it has to be the same person. It has to be um, repetitive and it has to be an imbalance of power. If it's not all three of those things, then it's not considered bullying, according to Fairfax County. And so people really push the whole bullying thing. And it's like if somebody says something, oh, he bullied me, and overuse this term bullying. And so instead of trying to help our kids learn what to do when somebody comes at them, we, you know, we want to to baby them and want to tell them, hey, you know, something's going to be done about this. But just being honest with everybody who's listening, that's not necessarily the way it works. And, you know, people, you know, want things done, and it's like it, 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 it doesn't necessarily work that way. But what I would like to see more of, Tammy, is us teaching kids, people in general, how to stand up for themselves, how to defend themselves. Know that anything that you have dealt with in your life, it doesn't make you less than anybody else. If you come from a single family home, a single parent home, you are no less than somebody who comes from a two-parent home. But our society doesn't help. Our society points out every single difference. I mean, you walk into a school and you have the general education students, you have the special education students, and then you have the gifted and talented students, and then you have the kids who speak little to no English, all in one school. And it's almost like they're four separate schools within one. But we place these labels on kids. We point out their differences, and then we don't understand why they see it. We have a high school right here in in our county that's usually number one in the nation. Not every kid gets to go there. 
Now, how fair is that? Now, the things that they are doing at this school, like the lady was telling us at the conference, she's like, I took a tour of this school. She was like, one, uh, she said two girls, 10th graders, were working on a on an assignment. One girl was making a, uh, making these, these robots move, and she had these things connected to her brain, and the other girl was watching this girl's brain activity on the computer. The reason being is because these girls want to be neurologists. So they're studying brain activity in high school. Why isn't that offered to every single child? Mm-hmm. We, 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 we find ways to separate people and then can't understand why they see in the separation. We can't understand why they're mad. We can't understand why they feel inadequate, but we make them feel that way. How about we start empowering our kids? How about instead of telling them to do things because we said so or because it's what we want for them, how about we teach them? How about we show them different things and show them the the pros and the cons of each one? How about we take the time to listen and observe and see what they enjoy? I'm not here to tell my daughter what she can and cannot do when when, when when she becomes of age and is looking at different careers. If my daughter decides she wants to be a doctor or a lawyer, cool. My daughter decides she weren't she wants to work in sanitation, cool. What do you plan to get out of that? Why do you want to be a doctor or a lawyer? Because if 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 her only reason is because she wants to make a lot of money, I'm gonna to have to explain to her, hey, yeah, in the long run you might. But you're going to have to pay a lot of money to get to that point. And what if you decide to do it and you don't love it? Then what? We don't we don't put the possibilities of things out there. We have to start building these children up. We have to start giving them confidence. We have to start teaching them who they are or helping them figure out who they are rather than trying to tell them who we want them to be because that's what we do because we get caught up in the boat that we missed and so we try to live out what we wanted through our kids. I mean, all you have to do is go to a, a football game, a rec league football game, and you'll easily be able to tell who are the has-beens or who are the men who didn't get to live, you know, or play football the way that they wanted to. And now they're trying to live it out through their sons. It's easy to point them out because they know more than the coaches know. But we have to get away from that. We have to start strengthening our kids. 
sit down with them, read to them. They don't have to be in middle or high school to start learning about history. Take them to the library. Take them to museums. And don't put your voice in them, but help them develop their own voice. Because one day, they're going to have to rely on what they know and not what mom would do in this situation. I remember, uh, before I turn it back over to you, Tammy, I remember um, when I was, like, going to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, and I remember before I made any decision, I didn't think about how I really felt about it. I didn't think about what God would think about it. I would think about what my pastor was going to say. If my pastor would be okay with it, there's no way to live. That is no way to live because it's not freedom. And that's what we have to start doing with these kids. Back over to you, Tammy. Um, Rodney, I'm going to um, go back to what you, I think, last we're talking about, <laughs> about living out, parents living out their dreams through children. I think we put such, um, we're just misguided. We're, we're misguiding our kids, like you said. We're not we're not teaching them the morals, values, and ethics. Like, you know, Brother Dale, I, I think about when you said that, I think about how it is for him to promote what he's doing. And why? Like, why is it so easy for, we have to really think about, what we say we believe, but what we support. Like it's so easy for people to get you to go to the all-white party and pay $100, like Rodney, and no food. Yet I'll, I'll, I'll have the Gator Consulting, which is about understanding yourself, you know, not just knowing who you are, but understanding who you are, why you respond to life, da 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 We even have it for teenagers. I've given so many away, yet I see so many people day after day they go on they go on the website, they take it, yet they don't pay for the results. Fifty five dollars, but you'll pay a hundred dollars to go to the all white affair. Hundred dollars to go to the all black affair. They don't have to feed you, they don't have to give you a bottle of water, but you're gonna pay that hundred dollars. You're gonna go get the all white outfit. You're going to go there looking for something to change your soul and your spirit and not get it, not get it where it stays, and then you're going to take yourself back, your broken self back to your children and break them more. Mm-hmm. You $55 to grow internally. And even when you get, and that's why I've stopped giving free, when you give it away free, they'll look at it for a minute, put it back, put it up. So we have to start thinking about your own life. For adults who are who are parents, I mean, we got to get it right. We got to live and be passionate about something and stop giving these kids. Because sometimes Rodney, just like on the football field, I think when you see the third, fourth, fifth grader with an iPhone, an iPad, Nails done, hair done. I mean, being got, getting paid to do, toes done, p- 
parties that, like we said, $1,000. You got the name brand. Where do you go from there? Where does your mind go from there? How does a little one receive that kind of attention and, and go forward in a world that will beat you down? Because, see, you're not going to be a queen to the world, and if you are, it's just for a minute. You can go, you can pay that $100 mm-hmm. for that white affair, and you can go buy the, the baddest white outfit, but as soon as that organizer has his money, he's waiting for you next year. He's not going mm-hmm. to give you a book to read that will feed your soul and your spirit, and that's what we are really hungry for and looking for. And, Rodney, another thing came to mind, you know, Back in back in my day as a child, I can remember it was church, it was church, it was church. And although um, I'm not saying that, that that did it for me, but I think it had something to do with it because I had to get to a point where I started to, it planted that seed, I'll say that. Now it was up to me at some point to say, what is this seed in me? What is it that keeps me longing for something, yearning for something, and what is that? And I think one of the differences in, in today's society versus that society is that we we sought something other than ourselves. That there was something, like you said, back in that day, it was about your pastor, but you've yet, you've yet and since learned that it's not what your pastor would think about it but what God would think about it. And so, mm-hmm. for one, we have missed out on teaching these kids the morals, the values, the, ex- the ethics, the consequences of your choices at a young age. At a young age, okay, you don't want to eat, you're going to be hungry. Because that's what we used to get. You don't want to eat what's in there, you're going to be hungry. And what do we do now? You don't want to eat what's in there. You Would you like for me to go get you something? And I'm not saying we have to keep, treat kids like prisoners. Certainly it's okay sometimes to treat treat children, but we don't have balance. And so we're setting them up. Like you talked about the bullying, Rodney. What what? What all of us at some point in life probably were. I know if I if it were existed back then, it was I, it was happening to me, and I talked about mm-hmm. that last. I had a comeback. Like I didn't care about kids laughing and talking about me because my granddad dropped me off in his garbage truck. My comeback was, "Where's your granddad? How did you get to school?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think that's because I was taught not to depend on somebody else's think, thinking of me. Like you mm-hmm. have to teach your kids to value, first of all, know and love who they are. And mm-hmm. so when you get out, down to the shoes, I, in seventh, eighth grade, here comes Tammy Gator with the buddies. Yep, because fool, I ain't finna go pay $50 or have my mama pay $50 for nobody's shoes unless my name on it, and I can write my name on it. Like I didn't care. I kept wearing my buddies and didn't think anything about it. But today that will break a young person. But think about it. Why? What are we doing so different that it will break a young person? What are, what are we doing? What's inside of them? Uh-huh. 
Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I think that, that, that we, we either one, um, we start our kids out that way because the name brand stuff is more affordable when kids are infants and toddlers. And then we can't maintain that as they get older because it becomes more expensive or we buy these things for them or we buy it sometimes, but we glorify it. And what we talk about or what we watch on TV and allow them to watch on TV. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Hey, Rodney, do you – oh, no, no problem. Do you think that some of the things that we purchase for kids, do you think it's it, that we are sending more of a message for us than it is that child? Do we want – do you think that, yeah, we buy those things, but do you think that parents want people to – that it that it is a symbol of – them, like I can get this for my child or we're kind of here, or do you think that they get it because they don't want them to be left behind? I don't know. What What's your thoughts on that? I think it's a combination of both, and I think some parents actually um, deal with both. And for, for the parents out there who say, you know, they, they, they spend all of this money, um, you know, buying things for their kids because they want their kids to have things, that they didn't have, um, mm. that 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 that's for you. That that's for you because there are so many. You don't even have to try, and naturally your 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 kids can have a better life than you without you even without you even doing much of anything. Even Jesus said, "Greater works will you do." So I mean, you don't have to fall in line with the world in order for these things to happen. If you grew up with just your mom, you giving your child a better life is making sure that you're married before you have your kid. That's a better life for them. It doesn't have to be materialistic. Your mom had a third grade education and you graduated from high school, you teach your kid what you learned from your mother's third grade education and apply what you learned from finishing the other nine grades, your kid has more instantly. It's not difficult. But, see, we as parents, again, we feel like we've lost something, right? We feel like we've missed out. Because, hey, when I was growing up, my parents couldn't afford Air Jordan. So guess what? I'm going to make sure my kids have Air Jordans. That's for you. That's for you. Because the, you know how every time racism comes up, we say kids don't pay attention to color. Kids aren't racist until they're taught to be racist. Well, guess what? Kids aren't material materialistic until you teach them to be materialistic because kids don't care about the name on clothes or shoes, they don't care about the price of things until you teach it to them. So it works both ways. And if we want kids who are confident enough to walk into a room with a $50 outfit on when everybody else in there has on a $500 outfit, guess what? We can instill those values in our kids. 
you can you can teach your kid the value of money. You can teach your kid, hey, yep, we can afford this. But let's 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 put this in perspective. I remember watching um one of Cat Williams stand ups and he was saying, um, you know, he was he was explaining to his son, you know, I can buy you these shoes. He was like, or or an even better one, he was talking about the video game. He was like, I can buy you this system right here. But if I buy you this video game system, it's going to come with one controller. That means nobody can play with you. And he went on and on. He was like, or I can take you down here and get you this system, and then I, you can get two controllers. I can buy you 40 games. He was like, for the same price. Now, which one you want? But I think that parents do things for themselves, Tammy. I think parents get caught up in trying to impress their friends or trying to impress people. They want people to know, hey, we have money. Mm-hmm. Think about some think about something else too, Tammy. Um, mental health has just really you know, become a big deal in our society. And it didn't really start, and now I could be wrong, but I'm going off of my experiences. I didn't really hear people talking about mental health until we started having all of these mass shootings done by majority white males. Before it was just when, when, uh, when when I was growing up, I'm sure when you were growing up, it was just, oh, black kids got issues? Oh, they're thugs. Throw them in juvie. Lock them up. Now that these rich white kids are starting to have issues because trouble is finding them and they're learning that money isn't everything and they don't know how to deal with it, so they decide to go in bars or in, in uh in, in, in clubs or in schools or wherever and shooting up the place. Now there's more of a focus on mental health. Mm. But that wasn't necessarily the case because like we've been saying, kids being teased and picked on, it's been going on for the longest time. There's a bigger focus on it now. Now you can actually get help. And um, I'm going to say this, too, as far as depression and, and, and medication. Be careful what you're putting in your body. I remember um, my last year in in college, I was going through um, separation from my first wife. We were in the midst of a separation slash divorce. And I remember I just couldn't pull it together because, I, I, I mean, I just couldn't believe that somebody had done me like this. And I remember going to the doctor, and we were talking, and eventually he said, oh, I know what your problem is. You're depressed. And I said, oh, okay. So he gave me some medicine. And 
I remember going home and taking that medicine and just feeling real nervous for no reason. And then I saw a commercial with the side effects of this medication that he had just given me. And it said, may cause suicidal thoughts. Now, if, I'm, if you're telling me I'm depressed, why would you give me something to make me suicidal? I said, you know something? I said, God, I am no longer depressed. I threw those pills in the trash, and I said, I know exactly what my problem is. I need to get over that woman and everything that happened. And you know what? Slowly but surely, it started to happen. And all I did, Tammy, what I did was I started focusing on um, graduating because I was in my last year of, of college. I started focusing on graduating. I started um, focusing on um, my future. I surrounded myself with positive people, and the people who wanted to badmouth her and talk bad about her, I distanced myself from those people because I didn't need that. I didn't need people feeling sorry for me. I didn't need people tearing her down. I, I, I didn't need that. I needed people to tell me to get my SHIT together. I needed people around me pushing me to move on. I didn't, I didn't need people feeling sorry for me. It wasn't doing me any good. And that was what I did. And the people who had a problem with her, I let them have a problem with her. But I started coming out of that. And I was like, I refuse. Because then she was going to beat me twice. Mm. She had already done what, what she had done to me. But then, too, if I didn't graduate from college, I lost again. And I was not about to lose again. And so I focused on those positive things. I focused on just I got up every day, went to class, went to work, and just did well. And that was that was my best year in college. The year that I was going through the most was my best year because I said, you know what, I'm not going to let this defeat me. I'm going to rise above all of it. And I made straight A's the entire year. Both semesters I made straight A's. And that's what we have to do. We have we have to rise above. We can't back down from challenges. We have to take them head on and say, you know what? Okay, these people are making fun of me. Cool. Now, let me give them a reason to look up to me. These people have a problem with me. Let me give them a reason to need me. Mom and dad aren't paying attention to me. Okay, cool. I'm going to focus on my schoolwork. I'm going to I'm going to get involved in activities at school. I'm going to be something. And then you know what? Whenever I do have kids, I'll know that this is something I didn't like, so I won't do it to my kids. We have to start spinning it. Even Jesus even Jesus was tempted by, by the devil, and the devil tried to tempt him with the word. But every time he came, he had something for him. 
when he said jump off this cliff, off this cliff, uh, off this, off this cliff, you know, the 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 Lord got you. And Jesus was like, no, he's like, you don't tempt the Lord. He had he had a response, Tammy, like you said with with, with your uh, with your grandfather dropping off his school. If somebody had something to say about him dropping off in his garbage truck, guess what? I got a response. And whether your response is coming back at them verbally or whether your response is silence, don't think that you don't have anything when it comes to adversity. Tammy, back over to you. Sorry, I didn't mean to take up so much time. I mean, do you think, oh, no, you're fine. Do you think um, how much of what we seem to not be able to get through um, now, and this is what I meant about church and it planted that seed, um, because as much as we, I think as a society, as we think we are better now spiritually than we were back then, I think we're wrong. I think that we have, we maybe have more, um, but I think that more has caused us to do less praying, less reading of the word, less seeking um, God and understanding that higher power, like something greater and bigger than us. Because I feel like as, as our soul needs that, like we were created for God's purpose. Um, and so when we lose that, that's a battle in itself. When we don't desire that and feel that we need it and we don't seek it or, or, or even understand it, that's a battle in itself. And then we now have to take on the battle of this world because I feel like the more we get away from that, the more the world evolves. Like the, the world is growing. Like the things of the world, we, we tend to be addicted to not just conform mm-hmm. to. And so it's too much for for the mind. I think it's too much for the heart. It's too much for the eyes. It's too much for the ears. And so that is another battle. And so it becomes, all of these battles and the battle with yourself, like the battle to, because we all we all have gone through things as, as a child, something. Like so... There's always something there to make us kind of feel like we're we're losing it, and that goes back to just the the rough patches, like like a, allowing children. This is just a bad day for you, just a rough day, son, daughter. I have them. I, I'm older than you, and I've had plenty. It'll be better tomorrow. Do you want to talk about it? that kind of thing? But we, but when that person is not there, have we prepared our children? Spiritually, I guess is what I'm asking. How? What do you think about that? How, are they prepared spiritually? Why or why not? I don't think so, Tammy. And and I think the reason being is that we 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 don't teach our children uh, how to um, build a personal relationship with God for themselves. We teach them to always rely on the church. We teach them all to always rely on us, but we don't teach them how to um, be independent. We don't teach them how to to seek God for themselves. We don't teach them um, anymore what God is 
able to do outside of physical things. Like we'll 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 talk about the blessings of God in terms of money, in terms of cars, in terms of houses, but we don't talk about the blessings of God. We don't talk about the deliverances that come spiritually. We don't talk about um the wisdom that God can give you. Um, we don't talk about, um, you know, how God can keep you um, from harming yourself. We don't talk about, you know, God, the 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 provider, unless we're talking about um, about physical things. But God is so much more than the things that we can see, because you're. We need to teach our kids that you're going to find yourself one day. You might be, you might be 13, you might be 25, you might be 50, but you're going to find yourself in a predicament where no amount of money can help you. No car can save you. You may not even be able to go back to your house. Then what? We don't talk about God, the 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 miracle worker, when when um, when people are sick. We don't talk about the God that is love. We don't talk about the patience. We don't talk about you know the the, the other things that God can give you. We only focus on physical things. We only focus on things that are tangible. And so when kids are growing up, when people talk about God, it's almost like God is foreign. They don't they we they don't know God as being all knowing. They don't know God as being powerful. All they know is monetary things, and so if it's not, you know, if it's not a, if it's not, you know, money or something that money can buy, they don't associate it with God. And then people get to a, and then we get to a point where we start to think that everything has happened on our own terms. We don't teach them that, you know, when you're going down the street and you see an accident, suppose you left five minutes earlier. We don't talk about the miracles of God. We don't talk about the blessings that come after sufferings like they did with Job. We've gotten away from these things. We don't talk about, you know, what happens when you're when you're disobedient? We don't talk about those consequences, and so our kids don't know how to pray because we don't teach it to them. Just like we were talking a few months ago, Tim, about people not saying thank you. Well, why would they? It's it's not it's not expected. It's not a requirement anymore. You don't have to say thank you. And so we have to teach 
our kids to have their own relationship with God outside of the church. If you take your kids to church, great. If you don't take them to church, fine. But where's that relationship? Where's that relationship? I have not been a member of a church since I was 24 years old. However, I have a great relationship with God. I know how to talk to him. I know what he's about. I know the word. And if there's something that I'm trying to uh, recall, I know how to go and look it up. And even when people are trying to tell me things, I know what to receive and what not to receive because of the relationship that I have with him. And like you said, Tammy, you didn't know what it was, but the seed was planted. That's something else. We don't plant seeds anymore. Or if we do, they're seeds of gossip. They're seeds of drama. They're seeds of insecurity. And then we can't understand why we get the products or we get the harvest that we get. But it's because of the seeds that we're planting. How do you, or or how would you suggest, Tammy, to people who feel like they have lost their way or people who want to help their kids establish a relationship with God, how would you tell them to go about doing that? I think first they need to make sure that they have one and let their, like what we were talking about, I think today, like the best thing that our children, um, it's kind of like that, that the, the Edgar Guest thing, the poem, the sermon, I see. I think they see a, they hear us saying one thing but see us doing another, even when it comes, especially when it comes to our spiritual walk with God. Um, we have to be those examples. If we want happy kids, we need to be happy people. And and also allowing them to see that happiness is a choice, that I'm happy in spite of the kind of day I've had. I'm choosing to be this way. I'm choosing to serve this God that I've not only been taught about, but I've experienced. Experienced. And like you say, we don't, even even with going to church, I remember as a little girl hearing testimonies about this, this great God that brought me through, that brought me out of this dark time, whether it, been, whether it be, you know, I didn't have the money for my light bill and sister so-and-so called and did this and, you know, hearing those stories, people getting up telling these stories. And we, we, we heard that. And, and, of course, some of the things we didn't quite understand at the time to the depth of it, but we heard it. We heard mm-hmm. those things. And so I say how do we get that is we, we get that for ourselves and let them see and talk and share and let, let our young people hear. And then as you were talking and explaining the part about, you know, Maybe we we are not allowing our children to to really 
God, I can remember when I was going to church, kids were sitting in church on their phone. And I'm not talking about scripture. Scripture, they are like playing games. And these are 14, 15 year old kids. Doesn't matter the age. And nobody was concerned. Nobody is concerned anymore. Let them play. Let them do what they want. Well, then why are they here? Why, why mm-hmm. bring them? Because we couldn't chew gum. I think they thought chewing gum was going to keep us from hearing. Well, because, I mean, we, there, was, you just, there was respect. You came here to learn about God. We couldn't play. We would, you would get pitched, I mean, hard. You knew that this, this is not about playing. You are here to learn. Sunday school. Was the last time? I mean, think even about kids going, young people. When do when do adults do adults go to Sunday school anymore? Prayer, and so a lot of what I think is going on because just as many young youth and young adults that are going through suicide, people our age, Rodney, they're going through it daily. I mean, people will will break. Over, oh gosh, I don't know. He he doesn't like me anymore. Grown women. Well, she doesn't like me anymore. Grown men. Mhm. And so, I think the to answer your question is teach them by getting it yourself, allowing them to see that you believe in something greater than yourself, and greater than they are. So I think that is it. Like, get them involved. Make them accountable. Don't just send them to church. Go with them so you can make sure that your child is not the one on on Facebook or Twitter or or Snapchat while they're at church, and you're okay with that. You're okay with that. And then when we – Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, ahead, Tammy. You're fine. I'm going to write mine down. You go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you made me think of something, uh, the story of uh, of Samuel, I believe it was Samuel, um, uh, when when he was born and how, um, you know, there's a, there's a whole story to his birth. Um, but when he was born, his dad wanted to take him up to the temple with him. And his mom said, no, you go ahead and I'll get him ready here. She was like, I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to get him ready and prepared here. So that way, when he does go to church or when he does go up to the temple, he'll be ready and he will serve the Lord forever. And it just when you were talking about kids going and not getting anything out of it, obviously they didn't have cell phones back then. But it just made me think of how um, when you were saying that, how we are okay with emptiness. We're okay with being places or our kids being places, even if they're not getting anything out of it. We're okay with them going to church because – the thing the the you know the thing is just go to church well what's the point of going to church if you're not getting anything out of it same thing 
goes with school. There are parents who just, hey, I just need you out of the house. I don't care if you learn anything. Just get out of my house, go to school. Well, why are you sending them to a place that they're not prepared for? But I love how she said, I will take care of him here. So before she even sent him to church, she made sure that he was ready to go to church. And that way, she said, by the time he goes, he will serve the Lord forever. And I think that's something to keep in mind, too, is that our kids would be so much more prepared to face the world, regardless of whether it's church, school, work, uh, wherever they go, if we would prepare them at home before we sent them or took them out into the world. Back over to you. Sorry about that. Oh, no, you're fine, Rodney. I I totally agree, and I, I... I'm so thankful that we have yet again turned in turned a show about, you know, depression and and mental illness, suicide and all of that because it's really what it all leads to about going, taking it right back to God. Because we have to pray. And to our young people, if you're not being taught to pray or if you don't if you don't know about God, search Search because your life is so valuable. Your life is worth every day, every minute, every second that you're here because it's really not about you. And so become stronger. Read books, self-help books. Start there. But it's so much more about something else, something greater than yourself. Because when you when you see that, that alone will bring help you get out of your rut and see that there is something greater. And you are a part of that something greater. Every day. And in every situation. So Rodney, what things um we've talked we we've we've said so much, um, how do and and some of the things we said we get because we are we've come beyond some things we're a bit older, but you work with kids you I'm sure you see some things going on daily. I, I'll I'll say anybody who's worked had any workings or dealings with the school system. And doing this show, someone said to me, "How does someone?" Um, this was based on the the article that you and Tamaria sent. And maybe we want, we want to share that too, Rodney, but someone asked, how does a nine-year-old get depressed? And I started to share things that I've seen that have gone on in the school system. And it's easy to say that if you've kind of had, and I'll say, I won't say perfect life, but if you kind of have had a un, maybe a not-so-disturbed life, you know, But and, and as I explain these things, you know, the look on the face changed, like, wow. But some people just don't know what our young people are going through. So, Rodney, what are some things you'll say to our young people that you that are going through it and that based on what you see on a day-to-day basis? Oh, well, um, I, I would say number, number one for any young person, regardless of their age, um, who who is going through or battling 
depression or uh, mental health issues. And, and, and basically what it all comes down to is just feeling down about yourself or feeling, feeling bad about your life or, you know, just, just lacking happiness. Any young person who doesn't feel happy on a, on a regular basis, any person who doesn't feel happy on a regular basis, find someone to talk to. And, um, Tammy, I think you should give out those numbers again, but find a professional. I'm going to, I'm going to say, try to find a, a professional first because, in some cases, the wrong people listen to you. Um, but try to find someone professional. If you can't find a a professional, and that would be like a counselor or a psychologist, a social worker, uh, find a teacher at school or try to talk to your parents, your siblings, grandma. Try to find somebody to talk to, your pastor. Try to find somebody to talk to. That's number one. Number two, pay pay close attention to what they're saying. If um, it's okay for people to show you compassion, that's fine. But you don't want anybody to cripple you, meaning tell you it's okay to stay in that state because it's not okay to stay depressed. It's not okay to constantly beat yourself down. We get it. We we all have, you know, rough patches in life, but it's not okay to stay there. So you don't want to be around anybody who's encouraging you to be sad because sadness is it, it, it's just not a way of life. And then from there, surround yourself with, with positive people. Surround yourself with positive people. If the kids who you think are cool kids at school don't want to be your friend, that's fine. There are kids at school probably just like you or feeling the same way that you feel. Seek out those kids. Seek out the kids who aren't with the cool kids and become friends with them. And build each other up. Even adults, uh, Tammy, I think sometimes we, we, we long to be with people who have no interest in us other than when it's convenient, whether it be, you know, just general friends, whether it be, uh, you know, in a, in a serious relationship, we we long for that. Get away from that. And find out what your passion is. Find out what it is that you love to do. And then as many opportunities as you get, as often as you can, do that. If you love music as much as you can, Go where there's music. You enjoy cooking. Well, cook. And then don't just cook. Cook with a purpose sometimes. 
cook for the for the purpose of donating uh, uh, food to a homeless shelter. Find ways to be creative so that you're no longer in this funk because it's not okay. It's not okay. And believe it or not, you can be in the midst of a lot of people and still feel lonely. Mm. And also remember this too, um, if you're if you're battling depression or feel like you're dealing with bullies, there's a reason why people bully other people. Usually people pick on other people, tease other people, harass or bully because there's something about themselves that they don't like. And so when people don't like things about themselves, they don't like the way that it makes them feel and they don't want to feel that way alone. So they try to find something to make somebody else feel bad about themselves. That way they're not in it by themselves because sadness is a lonely thing and people don't like to feel lonely. They don't like to feel alone. So just know that if somebody's giving you a hard time about something, there's something about them that they don't like. And I would ask them, you know what? You're constantly picking on me. What is it about you that, 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 that you're having a hard time dealing with? I notice you're always talking about my hair. But your hair is fine. So why do you have a problem with my hair when you have good hair? So just understand that what we see is not always how other people feel. Sometimes we see beauty in them, but they've been beat down so much that they don't feel beautiful, and therefore they have to make other people feel like they're not beautiful. So just understand that you don't have to compete with anyone because what you have is good enough. Mm. Great, great points, Rodney. Um, I'm going to give out those those the numbers again um, and the website ok2talk.com, and that's the letter O, the letter K, the number two, and then talk t a l k dot com. The hotline for that um, particular website is 1-800-273-TALK. Again, 1-800-273-TALK. And for Memphis, it's Memphis Crisis Center here in Memphis, the number 274, I'm sorry, 901-274-7477. And some, um, just in case anybody came in later, uh, some of the things that we gave out earlier is find someone, talk about it. Find someone that is willing to listen without judging you, someone that you know without a doubt cares for you and has your best interest at hand. And and I want to be sure that, that you guys hear that there's always someone there. I mean, I feel that there's always someone there, and sometimes we've overlooked that person. Um, it could be the person that you see sitting alone at school by themselves. You know, find a way to make someone else's day Sometimes that helps minimize what you're going through. 
So talk about it and listen to people as well. Journal is another one that we gave out. Write it down. Express it. You know, even if you write it down and throw it away, that helps. Just release. Know that nothing you go through is an isolated issue. Nothing. Where you may be having a bad day today, someone may have had one yesterday, and someone may be gearing up for tomorrow. The the other one that I didn't get to is eat better. Just simply try to change your diet. Exercise. And know that mm. we hit patches sometimes. We we hit them. So those are some of the things that, um, and just like you Google for everything else, you stay connected um, to all the social media. Google what your issues are. You'll see that you're not alone. But nothing is worth taking your life. Nothing is worth being down and out every day. And remember, as Rodney says, hurting people hurt people. They really do. So ask the person that's bullying you, do you need a friend? Do you need a real friend? Because if you had some, you wouldn't be all up in in my space. So maybe we need to become friends. Because I know how to be real and keep it real. I don't. I'm not. I wasn't born to hurt people. So where did you come from? Get your comeback. And walk, walk tall. Stand tall. Sit tall. That's how. That's how you get back. That's how you win by winning, by picking yourself up and moving forward. On the good days and the bad days. And know that bad days will come. Rough days, I'll say. Rough patches. So, Rodney, so glad you're back. So glad you're back. Um, If nothing else, uh, I don't have anything else to add. This has been a great show. Um, I didn't talk about the young lady, for those of who did listen, you know, the young lady did not, uh, she did not come on last week because she had a, a really bad episode. And, like, I was really doing this this show because of her request, but it just goes to show how we can get, we can get there. And so keep her in your prayers. Um, um, she didn't have a good day that day, so and a lot of it became anxiety, uh, just about thinking about her life, where she is, what she's doing, and where she thinks she should be. Um, and that's another thing, you know, comparison. You know, don't don't try to don't try to keep up with the world. Keep up with you. Create your own plan. You know, vision, and and dance to your music. Create your music. Dance to it. So. Hopefully we'll get her on one day, um, but keep her in your prayers. Uh, They are needed. So, Rodney, I'll do what we do. I'll turn it over to you for the last last words. Uh, Tamaria sent sent a a link, and I'll try to post it on Facebook and tag you in it. Tamaria sent us a a link, Tammy, about um, a kid. I I believe it was in Houston, Texas. A kid was being bullied, and... um, and um, his dad actually confronted the bully, um, you know, 
and asked him, you know, why was he picking on his son? And um, the dad learned that the boy was picking on his son because the boy didn't have anything. And so he was, it, it was more so about him being jealous. And so the dad took the bully shopping um, because he said that uh, the school hadn't done much to resolve the issue. And I like that story because it goes to show always alternatives. Um, we, the same way we, we, we find creative ways, um, we, we, we find creative ways to spell our kids' names. Um, we, we, we can be creative um, when it comes to uh, posting things on social media. We can be creative when it comes to putting our outfits to, uh, together. When we want to, we can find solutions. And I think that we have to apply the same strategies when it comes to dealing with sadness or depression or mental health issues. We have to seek better alternatives. We have to be proactive and try to keep our our children from getting to the point where they feel like uh, suicide is the end. And we can do that. It just takes time and it takes work. But if we start when they're young and we teach them that, like, like it used to be, that they really are somebody. But we have to treat them like they're somebody. Um, you know, I, I, I had to tell some people um, at work a few weeks ago, like, they were like, oh, we need more pictures of the baby. And I, and I was like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> like, I don't take pictures like that, you know, Um we get as many pictures as we can, but it's like people want pictures every day, and it's like, wait a minute, my daughter's not here to to you know to be camera ready, like Tamari and I, like it's it's hard enough us just trying to you know feed her and change her, um, and, and try to take care of each other and ourselves at the same time. It's not enough hours in a day. And you definitely don't have the strength, <laughs> you know, the energy to do this like all day. And it's like, man, if we can get through a day where Tamari is eating enough, I've eaten enough, we've got enough sleep, the baby's taking, like, we 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 feel like we've accomplished something. But that's what we do with our kids, and we have to stop doing that. We have to stop snapping cameras so much and open up books instead. We have to we have to stop, you know, using them. I get that, you know, we're we're, we're proud of them and you should be proud of your child. But your your child should feel that. Your child should feel loved. Your child should know, "Hey, man, when when mom and dad pick me up from school or from daycare, I know the first thing they're going to ask me is, how was your day? I know they're going to turn the radio off, and we're going to have a conversation. They're going to want to know all about me, all about my day. 
and they're going to listen to me. And when we get home, we're going to, it's not going to be, you know, dad is eating in the, in the living room, watching TV. Mom is going to be, you know, in, in the bathroom or in the bedroom. I'm going to be in, in the kitchen eating dinner by myself. No, we're going to be there as a family. Like these are the things that we have to start doing. We have to start doing it. And if we do, we'll see a difference in our kids. We got to stop giving them these phones when they're four and five years old because we want them to be quiet. We we, we got to stop doing this. And so always remember, if you want a better life, you can have one, but you have to be the initiator. Timmy, I don't know. Uh, have you decided on next Tuesday? I know that uh, next Thursday is Thanksgiving. Have you made any uh, decisions as far as next Tuesday? Um, it's next Thursday, Thanksgiving. It is. Man, it is. It is uh, nine days away. <laughs> oh wow. Um, I think, I have, I think we're still on people. Yeah, I have not, but I, if, now that you, I thought that I had one more week before Thanksgiving, but I don't. <laughs> I think what's throwing people off, uh, because even I got confused, I think what's throwing people off is Thanksgiving is usually, uh, it's always the fourth Thursday of the month, but the fourth Thursday is usually the last Thursday of the month, but November 1st was on a Thursday, so Thanksgiving is coming a little bit earlier this year. <laughs> Um, I will say no then, because I, uh, yeah, I would say we will be back, you guys, after next week, um, and then we'll probably talk about taking some rest for December, but, and so we'll come out with a bang, and unless something comes up and we just come out on, you know, come up and come out, but let's skip next week, we'll post, um, we'll post some shows out there, I think what we'll do is post some of our archives, Shows um, I have one in mind Spiritual surgery That uh, is one of my favorites And I listen to often for my own spirit So let's do that Let's just each of us maybe pick a show And put it out there And for those of you Just go to Facebook Or just go on the site And find your find, if, we, if what we pick is not your favorite You know just scroll down And see what we have did And figure out where you are Set your own life Because I promise you There's something out there for for everybody So we'll skip next week Take a break And uh, come back with the bang For the 27th And then we'll let you guys know What we're going to do for December That's cool with you right Sounds good to me Tammy Sounds good Are you? Uh, do you have any special plans For this Thanksgiving Or are you just I, I don't <laughs> Hopefully just kind of laying okay. low I've been invited to dinner, so hopefully um, I won't have to do much. I'll take do a dish or two and take something, but I won't have to do what I usually do. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. My mom will actually be here next Wednesday morning, um, and then my sister and her family are coming Thursday, and then my brother and his family are coming Friday. So we'll uh, we'll have some people in town. Uh, Nadia will get to meet. Uh, my side of the some members on my side of the family, so that'll be fun. And and, and my mom is going to cook a little bit. I'm going to cook a little bit. So it should be a good time. 
Cool, cool, cool beans. Great stuff. Well, thank you Great guys stuff. for <laughs> Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to everyone because we won't we won't see you or be with you guys next week. So happy Thanksgiving. Um, enjoy the day, but be thankful every day. Absolutely. Until next time, you guys have a great night. Have a blessed week. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving, and we will see you in two weeks. Good night, everybody.